he's never seen me fight live. He, he his news in school on uh, Monday is going to be. I flew to Boston and watched my dad fight in the UFC. And you're going to split your bonus with him if you get it. No, definitely, but he says he's going to scream. Um, he's Sign of him? He's already, yeah. Paul's really nice like that, you know. He doesn't need the money. In fair, he just jacked up him walking on. The chap's loud. My dream is to be world champion, world lightweight champion in the UFC, have more money than I know what to do with, and have a great life for my, my kids, my grandkids, everyone in my, in my family, everyone that's, that's come up with me. That's my dream. Episode 45 of the Severe MMA podcast is officially here. We are 11 days away. Am I right, Sean? Uh, yeah. 11 days away from arguably the biggest fight of the year for the UFC. I was going to say in UFC history. I don't know if I was going to put that out there. We will discuss that in a couple of minutes' time. Andrew McGahan joined, as always, by the fabulous Sean Sheehan. And a public apology here. This man, I texted you last night at five past one. And do you know when I found out I texted you? When? This morning when I looked at my phone. I had absolutely no recollection of texting you. I sat down to finish off one of the Battle Zone videos. I woke up at a quarter past three with my laptop still on me. Like it hadn't fallen off me or anything like that on my bed. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. So man. massive, massive apologies to Sean who was there. Uh, Sitting, sitting waiting on me It still hasn't been accepted I'm going to try win him over, over Over the course of the hour By complimenting him And telling him How brilliant and beautiful he is I think he will crack Within the next 60 to 75 minutes Won't work You're gorgeous We'll try it Stop that You're too pretty My hair is the way to my hair Your hair I was just yeah. about to say How fabulous it is Especially <laughs> since you got a cut last week uh, It's, it's, it's alright It's not too bad I got my Luscious uh, I got my page of Anzant Rose and Emma Eunice article written as I was waiting for you anyway, so it was okay. And it's probably brilliant. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you. Yay, we're friends again. Your stupid, shitty battles on uh, interviews. Look, I'm not going to argue. (laughs) They are very (laughs) shitty. Now, I will question the stupidity of them. Um, But... Go on. What were you going to say? Nah, they were good. I was watching. I watched a couple of them. You don't have that many of them up yet. No, there's it? only two up. We only you want to get working. Ah, like? uh, you see, shockingly, Graham always has a joke that I always forget something. Now well, I only that's ever not a joke, really. I only it? ever hear. I only <laughs> ever hear a, that's the, the fact. <laughs> yeah, well, I only ever hear these facts when I actually forget something. So no, nope, I never get praised for bringing everything to the event. I only ever get. It's no like, well done, Andrew. You took everything with you today. It's. Well, this time I did forget something pretty important. I left the battery of the camera <laughs> in my bedroom, and uh, we were using one camera. Um, so we we were only able to do maybe the last four interviews because guys were able to hang around, and um, we instead of like bringing the camera back and forth in case we missed something that's that happened at the start of the first round, the following first round. So um, okay, I did fuck up there. There are two other good interviews to come and a couple of fights to come, as well as an interview with Damian Rooney, who's been pestering me every single day since we recorded it. Where is this interview? He should actually take over Severe MMA from Graham. If you think Graham is bad at pestering you for work, Damian Rooney is the new man who should run Severe. Graham doesn't pester me at all because I actually do stuff well, and I get up in time and things. That's because you're fantastic. That's true. Like that's true. You're you're just like the redheaded stepchild of and Graham beautiful like this stage. The red-headed stepchild. Don't you be buttering me up. Anyway, um, since we've last spoken, some things have happened. Have you any gossip? Um, no, 
Have you? Oh, do you know what's actually funny? I'm in, I'm in to tell you this. Do you ever look up your own name on uh, on Twitter? Just like not uh, like Andrew McGahan underscore, but just like putting Andrew McGahan. You should do it. I did it last night with Sean Sheehan. <laughs> I found some hilarious results. Go on. <laughs> loads of people. Do you know? Like I'm at Sean Sheehan BA, yeah. and there's an at Sean Sheehan. Oh, and he loads, probably gets loads he gets of tweets. Loads of MMA tweets, and the best of which was last week. Someone sent him a packet, uh, like three packets of potatoes with like potatoes <laughs> question mark. I mean, he must have been like. What? Why does this random guy send me fucking tatoes <laughs> and asking me if they're tatoes or not? I can't. But, uh, oh, it's hilarious. I've put my name in here, but all I'm getting is at Andrew McGahan underscores. Is there a way yeah. to find out when people have said it just in a tweet? No, you have to kind of go through them. But uh, um, it's not really worth it. No, it's, I actually found as well someone was asking, like pestering Luke Thomas in MMA fighting trying to get me in the MMA B. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. He wouldn't like that, would he? Who? Luke. <laughs> well, I would. There we I go. Would. There's Luke one of me and Pizzi. Andrew McGahan and Peter Carroll of Severe MMA at Bama 22 wins. We're looking very pretty in that. I'm wearing my oh, yellow shorts. Oh, yeah. I'm doing it at the minute. Most of it is just uh, severe tweets and people sending me tweets. I did it before as well. And I found loads of people abusing me. It was brilliant. Dirt Sean well, Sheehan doesn't have a fucking clue what he's talking about. I actually have, well, two things. I, the, my first thing that came up is at Andrew McGahan, Andy Pandy, and I want that Twitter username. Yeah, I kind of made friends with that Sean Sheehan there last week. It's like John Jones and John Jones, like, is it? Yeah, but Sean Sheehan, at Sean Sheehan and at John Jones are friends in real life. No is, way. Yeah, Did you are. say that to me before? I, I tweeted it there like two weeks ago. Yeah, I think I saw that before. I think yeah. I saw it. That's cool. They're, uh, yeah, they're always like tweeting each other, like gamer guys, and they love games and stuff, and they're always tweeting back and forth to each other. There is one thing that I was going to say, or oh, what I have been doing recently. I have been looking up um, all of the people that put bad comments under my videos. Yeah. <clears throat> now, like, especially one that, like the, McGreg- like, the McGregor one in the last week has done more views than the Conor McGregor interview from 13 months ago. So if that that's a pretty good ex- indicator of how big... Connor has gotten and maybe how big Severe has gotten and we don't give away any Playstation 4 Sean how did we get to this stage and we haven't given away a single Playstation 4 like and share to be in with a chance to win we haven't posted any funny videos from films with Louis van Gaal's head on it oh did you see it that wasn't even funny no but Like like there's hundreds of them yeah, I, I was the first one was funny. There was like a a boys on one with with someone's heads in them, and that was pretty funny. But then they've just trying been trying to recreate it. Yeah. They're not funny at all. Like that Louis Van Gaal one doesn't even make sense. Like you see, if you if you stupid. notice carefully, we're talking in between the lines here. But usually it's on the .co.uk incarnation yeah. because that's the newest one that they're trying to spam and get as many people yeah. onto it as possible. That's true. Yeah. Um, but there's another. Um, what was it? Uh, the, like the very first time i've ever seen that happen it was years ago it was on a gif on the internet and it was of arson wenger william gallas robin van persie sesk fabregas as the boys in the zoolander car do you oh, know yeah. when they all get the shakes and stuff like that and they're moving i've never seen i've never seen Zoolander. that was the first well i was gonna say what but i'm not really in any position to slag someone about not seeing films considering my atrocious record I want to see it though because there's a new one coming out isn't there? i'm thinking of a december challenge of watching a new movie every day uh, that'd be good. I think it, uh, it could be doable, maybe. I watch a shitload of films. 
I I'm, love watching film. I'm thinking of it because I ha- I'm gonna I'm gonna have to definitely take this week off jujitsu and next week because right. I have a finger injury. But um, did you ever did you ever talk about Graham about films? No. He, Go he on, give watch, me an example. He, he can't watch films, right? Because it's a fucking waste of time. I could watch fucking three TV shows at the time I watch. I know. I agree. I I, I very much agree with that. Or was that you that said that? No, that was me that said that. Oh yeah, sorry. I apologize to Graham. Although I think he said something. Similar. I think he may be similar. Like it's he would probably critic critique it. Like the framing's awful and that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, oh, fucking retarded. Yeah. Like why is she walking back in there? She knows the killer's in there. The Hulk. <laughs> the Hulk. Oh, I was talking to him about the Hulk, and he was like, "There was there was a scene in it where like he wasn't even fucking green or something like that." <laughs> He was regular, like he was regular into the film. How the fuck do you let that into the film? What editor did that? He got sacked. That guy should be sacked. He's stealing a living. I could do that. I could edit a film and not let things in it. (laughs) Exactly what he said. (laughs) I was, I was actually talking to him there the other day about, uh, you know, the Frankie Edgar being made look like a world class striker. Frankie Edgar is signed now, I think, to the KHK team, the Bahrainian team. I had been for a while, hadn't he? I thought he was just there as a guest. I didn't think he was because oh, yeah. he wasn't at the press conference. He was like something must have happened in the meantime, because uh, they got on to me yesterday about and just a press release, and it's like KHK fighter Frankie Edgar, and I was like, oh, go on. Uh, Graham was saying about the Frankie Edgar, Graham Maynard, world class boxer. Yeah, got, you could tell we're getting to him like our, our constant talk on the podcast about him. He's uh, oh, he's is it annoying and- him? Oh, I'd say it was, yeah, but that means we should keep doing it, definitely. So wait, he doesn't like when we talk? Is it because he wants to stay mysterious, or? Maybe, it's a... Because his phone number is 087. (laughs) (laughs) 898. He he loves being mysterious, doesn't he? Yeah, I put him up on my Instagram today. Did you? Yeah, well, it was Dave Fogarty took a picture of the two of us at the weekend. I don't like that at all. uh, Yeah, I know, we put it all over the internet. Put it on Reddit. This is (coughs) G-Beans. Because people think I'm G-Beans. Exactly. Um, okay. Speaking about mysterious characters, let's uh, get right into it. Johnny Bones Jones. I feel like we've talked about this, but I know we did the podcast as it came out. We did. Immediate thoughts after watching it. I thought it was good. Yeah. But I still can't get the sense that he's a, he's lying through his teeth and he's just saying all the right things. There was some massive discrepancies in his story. Like, about how he just forgot to... Um, by the way, my phone is at the other side of the room, so if that's you WhatsApping me, send me uh, private messages no, in not, Skype, just as a warning. Um, I, like, his story about why he went back to the car and how he was actually fine and it was at 12 o'clock the next day and how he was so disoriented. Like, all of the mistakes and poor error of judgments that he made in the immediate, immediate aftermath of a crash sent it to me like a guy who just took a head out of a, of a bowl as opposed to a guy that was level-headed and hadn't done anything bad or intoxicating since the night before. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. Yeah, you know um, what I mean. It, 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 um, for a better word, word, it seemed like a guy who wasn't in a fit state of, state of mind at the time of the crash. He, to me, he came off as a guy with absolutely no remorse. He came off as a guy who just regretted that this had happened to him. Yeah, that he'd been caught. Yeah, that he'd been caught, yeah. He's just, like, the... The bit that stuck out to me, and I suppose it's unfair because, he, like, it wasn't the worst interview on on John Jones's part for like his image or whatever. But the bit that stuck out to me was when Ariel asked him about um, what he felt like when he hit the woman, like, or when he heard the woman, uh, when he heard he'd broken the woman's hand and that she had a baby and she could she was hurt or whatever. 
and he's like, man, the first thing I heard was, or the first thing I thought was, my life could be over. I could spend my my life in jail. Everything could be finished for me. What? Like this? <laughs> like he didn't know if the baby was dead. Like <laughs> he didn't even know if there was a hurt. baby in the car when he had it. No, no, no. But I'm saying after he had found out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like that. He didn't know how injured a woman was, how, like, if the, ba- the baby could have survived or anything. Like, when a serious car in, um, crash like that happens, you wouldn't know. But he, like, that, even if he did feel that way, like, to answer it that way, I don't know. It, it just irked to me. Like, if, if something like that happened to me or to anyone, I think, like, safety first. Are they okay? Like, you would be thinking, oh, my career is finished. Like, and I suppose maybe that's what it takes to be to be the best and to be yeah you can you can tell like looking through that interview you can tell like how selfish he is and how you know the the key point of it for me was that he ran from the scene and went to a hotel got everything in order and then turned himself in yeah like you're saying there about a person who would care and a natural reaction for someone in a situation like that a completely solid state of mind individual at the time of the crash would be over to the car straight away to yeah. check on the person to make sure they're okay. You wouldn't run from the scene and then come back, which is what he did. There's no, that's the truth. What, yeah. what he came back for is disputed and he disputed it. But you don't come back to the scene to get something out of the car and then not check again. You don't not check twice. Fair enough. Yeah. Taken off once, panicking, oh my God, what have I done? I need to get out of here. I think we know, like they, we know why the, he did it. Oh yeah, they yeah. were the they were the biggest flaws in John Jones's story to me, and I completely agree. When you and I just have to correct myself when I said he didn't even know if the baby was in the car. Technically, the baby was in the car, but it was inside the woman. So <laughs> let's just be clear on that. <laughs> yeah. uh, he wouldn't have been able to check if the baby was all right unless he has some sort of doctorate that we don't know about. And the fucking ultrasound in the back of his <laughs> yeah portable ultrasound, Albert like a door to door salesman in Albuquerque. <laughs> Um, so that, for me that was the biggest takeaway from it John Jones didn't seem that remorseful um, it seemed like he'd been intensely grilled by his PR team maybe on what to say then again I don't know maybe he had maybe people take a wake up call I completely disagree with some of the stuff that he was saying He like he just seems to be saying the stuff for the sake of saying it and it's the right thing to say when he was talking about oh man Ariel you'll never get this. He's like, I smoked a lot of pot and that was the reason I was as bad as I was and I drank a lot and I was a party animal but would you believe it was the first time I had actually taken coke and then I happened to be tested the next day? Wow, what a coincidence. Do you know that's the way he was going on that way, the way he was portraying that drink and, uh, and weed was the reason that his life went out of control so rapidly. It's like, how come Donald Cerrone can drink beer the week of a fight and not crash into pregnant women's cars? How come Nick, Nick Diaz can fail drug tests on fight night and have it in his system and still be as functioning and as good a member of society as he is? Do you know? Yeah. Maybe Nick Diaz is the wrong example to say functioning and good member of society. But you see where I'm coming from. He tried to pin all of his problems on two substances that he now allegedly does not take. I think if, like, it's your DNA, if you're a cunt, you're a cunt, for, excuse a better phrase. Yeah, I, I, like, I totally agree. Like, 
Did you see that Tommy Toehold episode? Like after he obviously got I didn't. UFC, you know? Obviously I didn't. Yeah. Sean, we've been over this. But you need to watch it because it was the best one ever. It's like John Jones coming up with this T-shirt, just untouchable on it. And I really think that's how he he used to view himself anyway. And I think it's still there, but he's kind of trying to hide it now. Um, like he really does. I think he sees himself as untouchable. Like he, that he can, that everything he does like just goes well for him and everything. And this is the first time it kind of it didn't. Um, but he, there was he hates the look, UFC. Can we just does, put that out there? Like that yeah, was I think he was completely genuine in certain yeah. parts of the interview, and his disdain for the UFC couldn't be hidden. Yeah. Um, just on the point you made about him being genuine, how genuine did you think he was? Like, for me, I thought he was pretty genuine. Yeah. Like, people are saying the mo- it was the most genuine um, interview they'd ever heard from him, and I, I'd agree with that. But I think, like, John Jones is like any, any person in the world. Like, nobody knows exactly, like, who they are or what they're doing at all times. Like, you're not... Go- nobody's fucking perfect, like, and people are expecting him to be perfect, and that's very unfair on him. Even though, like, he, he's made a lot of his problems himself. But nobody's, you know, we're all different people at different times. Like, if he's talking to his wife and kids, he might be one person. If he's talking to Ariel in front of a camera, he might be someone else. If he's talking to his friends, he might be someone else. And, you you know, you can't be the same person all the time. Didn't he mention that, though, in the interview? Yeah, but I, said... and that, that, that's a good thing for him to mention, probably. Yeah. Because before he was, you know... He started off as this guy who was trying to be, you know, the the pre- kind of the preacher's son, if if you put it that way, and then it kind of dum, dum, quickly tsh. it quickly came out that he wasn't that, and that he, you know, he liked the party as he admitted himself, and that he was a bit of a, I will I won't say a troublemaker, but a bit of a a troubled soul maybe, and someone you know someone that didn't really appreciate everything yeah, that he had they didn't stand up to all the things they claimed about themselves they you know their perfection and they'd never do anything wrong and they like he, he wasn't uh, he admitted himself he wasn't preparing for fights properly and stuff so like people called him fake and they were dead right to call him fake because he he didn't live what he portrayed of himself so in this interview i think he kind of realized that he doesn't know what he is and that he's, you know, just take everything kind of on its merits to quote Johnny Giles. And uh, <laughs> obviously, as you said, is that what we've come to? <laughs> we may as well just start mentioning Kim Jong-un again if you're going to start quoting That's Johnny Giles. Well. But as you said, um, he was he was very honest. And but as you as you said, he was his uh, PR team really had him grilled before the interview and Ariel, like I thought it was absolutely brilliant by Ariel. That dead piece, that what's it called dead, dead spin, spin piece, was a complete and utter bullshit. Like he saying he Ariel put softballs him and uh, and everything. No, he, just, he asked the proper questions. Asked, then, like, in fairness to him. He, he couldn't get everything in in the hour as he admitted himself. But like ninety nine percent of what should have been asked was asked to John Jones. And even like Ariel has a lot of haters online and even those people were kind of standing up for him after this dead spin article came out because it was absolutely it was brilliant. But what somebody wasn't about? who <coughs> it doesn't matter, we both haven't blocked. Oh, oh that dickhead. <laughs> Alright. Um <laughs> But what did you think about John Jones? And, and Ryan Loco's on the shit list as well, just so we're clear on that. <laughs> What did you think about uh, Jones and the way he acted in the interview? Uh, 
pretty much the same as you. I was like, I do agree with him. The one thing that he said about how people had said to him before, you're fake in an interview and you're not, that you don't portray yourself as real as you are. Look at that from the same point of view as Conor McGregor. What people have saying, like the realist that he is, is when someone Irish is interviewing him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And when he's not turned on in the PR hype mode sort of thing. But from that, I got the... I. From John Jones' whole demeanour, I get the impression that he's going to come back and absolutely kill everybody and then leave the UFC fairly quickly and probably fight somewhere else. I, I honestly, like so. that, the, like, um, I didn't get to listen to it all, but George St. Pierre in the MMA hour the other day apparently had some pretty stinging, like, stinging words for the UFC. The way that he was going on about how Dana just texted him randomly, being like, hey, what's up? You want to fight in Montreal for UFC 186? And he was like, no, <laughs> of course I don't. <laughs> um, and just shows that how the UFC maybe value some of their fighters or look at some of their fighters as like, oh, you should fight. It's like, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. fuck you. Like, they threw John Jones under the bus about 151, and I'm glad that he came clean about that. He slammed the UFC for saying that the new Vitor Belfort was on drugs and still let him fight. Maybe yeah. some people have pointed out as well that I read online in my interview with Connor. Connor may not be too happy with the UFC about such a quick turnaround for his fight, even though he did state in the interview that he, he meant for a fan point of view. But he also said a couple of things like uh, uh, about how only reptiles survive in the desert and stuff like that. He was, to me, I think the UFC in this turbulent time are putting too much weight and pressure and expectation on Connor, on Ronda, on John, on George. And this is made, like, you said it, la- was it you said it last week? The three of them could bury the UFC in one show? They could, like, but no. Not, that, they, not, that, not that it would happen or not that it, they, they would. Um, but I do think that John Jones came out, he gave a good account of himself in the terms that he, from a public perception that people that aren't sceptical, he give a good account of himself. I think you're still going to have doubters about him. I think you're still going to have people question whether he's legit. And he probably won't be able to ever silence or convince those people otherwise unless they sat down face-to-face with him or followed him for a week. You know, that sort of thing. And got to see yeah. it behind it. But we don't deserve that access. And I agree, people should have private lives. I do think MMA fighters in particular shouldn't be themselves all the time because <laughs> people have different views do you know what I mean people might have views yeah. on homosexuality and religion and everything like that and it would be the it would be suicide career suicide for them to come out and express those opinions on a public platform I do believe everybody should have a public side a PR side well a public slash a PR side and a public side uh, sorry and a private side but you should have same fundamental values that stay true and will will be visible throughout both Connor has them. Connor has loyalty. No matter what, whether Connor's in an interview or he's been himself, his loyalty to the people that have been around him from the beginning is completely undoubtable. John Jones, we don't get to see a characteristic trait within him that comes through on both sides, in my opinion. Apart from yeah. the fact that he's a kick-ass fighter, that he's one of the best fighters to ever live. But I suppose that um, athletic is that really a personality trait? Not really. I think I think the difference between John Jones. And uh, Conor McGregor, people kind of know Well, Conor one of them McGregor's. is black, Sean. That's first of all. Uh, they're both American, though, if you believe the UFC. Yeah, they're both American, in fairness. Uh, but I think, like, people kind of know Conor's kind of playing... Playing a character mightn't be the right sense of it, but he's playing up to the cameras and, you know, he, he's talking shit to make himself money and to make himself win. We kind of know that, but when John Jones kind of played his characters back in the day... 
he was kind of trying to play a version of himself, if you know what I mean. Like he was kind of kind of trying to portray himself as this person. I don't think it existed. Like Conor McGregor in that interview with you, and like after his fights and stuff, you you can see he's kind of he's a lot more humble than other you know other um, interviews and stuff might might portray him. Um, he might portray himself as, but um, just a point on on the UFC as well. I think uh, Mike Fagan over on over on Twitter has a great point that uh, he's he's kind of hashtag going hashtag promoter is not your friend and I think that's a, a very wise point for fighters came up and I think McGregor has definitely realised that that <clears throat> we we've seen it for ages he's called them business partners and I think at the start people were thinking like oh he that you know he's friendly with Dana White or he's yeah. Yeah, no, he's his cash cow and Dana's keeping him on side. But I think it's developed into like we see McGregor Pure talking business. about the MGM. Yeah, yeah we yeah. see we see him going in to, to renegotiate his contract and stuff, and talking about pay per view points. And I think, or when he said, I think it was me at the air was I don't know. He said something like, "I went in there with the facts, with the cold hard facts yeah, yeah, yeah. and the cold hard numbers." Yeah. And I think that's good that he's doing that, and John Jones that we're talking about is doing that as well. Like. About that Vitor Belfort thing, like he came out and basically like said that the UFC knew Vitor Belfort yeah. was on drugs when he, he threw them and under the same fight. bus they threw him under. Yeah, and he's still not happy about the UFC 151 situation when they called himself and Greg Jackson and sport killer. And like he's right to be because like everyone wanted him to take the chills out and fight. Like he would have won it. Everyone knows. Like, but this you you don't fuck around with your career. You don't take chances like that hmm. on a Wait. what if. John Jones doesn't fuck around with his career. <laughs> okay, so he well, didn't take the fight, but he instead no, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like these decisions, like on purpose. I'm sure he didn't mean to crash into. You know, <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He, he wasn't didn't just driving, and he was like, <laughs> he didn't plan it out. Here, lads, you know this will be now. some laugh. <laughs> Boys, yeah. will I do it? <laughs> like he was, he was probably right to do that, and Ian, and the way they, the way they buried him. And they've kind of continued to bury him has been uh, has been mad, but yeah, okay, he comes back. I, I like Rex DC. He's gonna wreck DC. He wrecked him the first time, and he's gonna wreck him the second time. He actually said something in the interview really good about it. Do you know that yeah. he's always been a fighter? That um, was it. Something that he's he's really excited about this fight because he's already been inside with DC, so he can plan for having already yeah, been in that there was with brilliant, him. Yeah, I thought, I that, thought that got me really. That that was the convincing yeah. for me. I was like. He is going to murder him. Yeah, I've no, I've no real interest in like seeing this fight again. I thought, like I think he's going to murder him, but now I want to see it for like how good John Jones is going to be. If it was just John Jones, you know, coming back, if we, if we hadn't seen all these videos of him powerlifting, if there weren't reports of him training like day in day out in in Jackson's gym, maybe it wouldn't be. You know, if he came in with his pop belly like six weeks before before camp to, to train maybe it wouldn't be the same thing like okay you, you're expecting him just to beat DC but now you're expecting him to to put on a show and to absolutely maul him like so um, a solid then, 20 uh, go on yeah then it's going to be Anthony Johnson and then heavyweight hopefully yeah that, 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 that is something that I'm looking forward to um, yeah. a solid 26 minutes though put in on John Jones an ounce put in on John Jones an ounce I think it's 26 grams in an ounce is there? Yeah. Oh, how would you know that now, Andrew? What from baking? I'm a how keen you know baking that? enthusiast. Oh, you're you're a baker, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. no flour, uh, flour and stuff. Yeah. You just lowered it like it's it's three o'clock in the day, Sean. What are, are you? Gonna, you're trying are you gonna, to portray me as a John Jones here, like. 
I'm allowed to know slang, like I'm allowed to. I'm allowed. I'm from the street, like. I should done. Uh, when, I'm, what, I'm, you I'm gangster winning, AF. Aren't you going around winning martial arts competitions there at the weekend? Sure, you're sure as I good was. as John Jones. As Tell what? us about it. Go on. You're as good as John Jones. Well, since you mentioned it, briefly uh, now, briefly, because no one wants to hear your shit. Like, let's well, be look. To be fair, first time I've won a tournament in Ireland that I've had to actually win all of my matches. That wasn't oh, a yeah. closeout at the end. Uh, submitted the Book first shit. guy with a bow and arrow choke. Broke my finger in the second against uh, Jack Maguire from BGJ Cork, a guy that I interviewed a couple of weeks ago. Um, absolutely sound man. Then Darren O'Gorman got DQ'd in the semi-final for trying to heal hook a guy and then realised what he had done and he was like, ah, oh, shit. So I went why, against... Why the, can't you heal hook Because you're not allowed to do heal hooks in gi tournaments, especially not a blue belt level. Um, and then went up against an American wrestler, would you believe? Can you believe a European... Sure, of course, of course I, you last in, did you? I beat him in the final. Oh, my God. What a shocker. I saw that video, actually. You nearly went through a television. That would have been hilarious. If yeah, that was, uh, oh. that was intense. Uh, got my hand raised, got a step off the mat, and then puked everywhere. Sweet. Like, literally vomited into my hands, onto myself, and collapsed on the ground, being like, yes. <laughs> nice. And then you went on to Battle Zone. Then How I went that? on to Battle Zone. Battle Zone was good crack. Um... Good car, good fights, some exciting finishes. This dickhead ran up the cage and got up on top of it, like celebrating. But there's a chandelier above the cage, <laughs> and he and he broke one of the things on it. And I noticed oh. it straight away. I was just like, "Here, what is going on?" Broken glass all over the cage. Graham oh. was like shouting, "Ref!" <laughs> and then he got Peter <laughs> Lavery's attention and made them clean it up. Um, was he like Joe Rogan? With I guys? have a couple of opinions on Irish MMA at the minute that I'm not too happy with, like. Go on, whip him out there. It's like... Peter Lavery and Dave Jones, two of the most experienced referees. Dave Jones threw his toys out of the pram and then left and retired. Peter Lavery retired as well. I think he still still only does battle zone, to be honest, because he's affiliated to Andy Ryan, jiu-jitsu-wise. But Peter Lavery, despite being there the longest, I genuinely think Dec Larkin is a better referee. Peter let... Like, literally, Thomas Hogan in the main event... We have it on footage, I think. He must have spent at least two minutes in between a round. And Stephen Larry must have said seconds out on the microphone five times before Peter actually got them out. Thomas Hogan was brought in to, look, uh, to have his cut looked at. Peter got a towel off Paul Kowser and started fixing the cut. Started wiping away the blood. So the doc... Like, Obviously, you can imagine what Graham was like when this was going on. Yeah. Like, you're not allowed to treat a fighter during the round. The doctor is only allowed to come in and look at it. You're not allowed to clean up his blood. You're not allowed to fix up the cut from in the middle of the round, which is I what don't. happened. You can clean the blood, all right? The doctor can. The doctor can, not the referee. The referee can't be helping. No, the referee can't. So. Uh, you're not allowed to take an extra two minutes in between a round no. so the doctors can decide what's going on. Well, what you he, can, no, what, if what you he bring sh- the doctor in, they yeah, can no, take but what he, as they want. No, but what he should have done was started the round and then called the doctor in. Maybe I'm being pedantic. Uh, Maybe the doctor should have stopped the fight. It was a pretty bad cut on Thomas Hogan. Um, like, it was just a couple of things like that. You know, it was just... I don't, I don't understand why people can be like, this, like, the whole thing is a disgrace. And I saw a thing, uh, Dino O'Sullivan, who's the... General Secretary General of the IAPA 
who was going around collecting all the scorecards and yeah it's cool that we're implemented a commission and a lot of uh, fighters now have to have drug um blood testing throughout a year but then it's like they won't be officially recognized or you can't be a part of the iapa if you fight on like i can see on fight on a show that doesn't have full blood testing and i can see why some people have an issue with it personally it's the direction i want to see the sport go into but if you have amateur guys that are like there are sub-level gyms in the country that are letting guys fight do you know what i mean yeah but they won't those guys won't be able to fight because they won't have the money a year to be able to do that you know there's Guys that are training on little to no income or on the dole or something like that. Imagine if you told Conor McGregor in 2007 or 2008 that he needed all of that sort of stuff. Like, I'm not saying that he wouldn't, it wouldn't have been done or it wouldn't have been able to be done, but I just think it's weird because I agree with it completely. I think it should be in place, but at the same time, I can see it hampering the less developed clubs around the country at the minute. And maybe that it's not something that needs to be brought in just right now. And then, uh, and then for someone need, in my you only need other, to be safety. yeah, you need you need that in safety. definitely for pro, definitely for pro. Without a doubt, for pro amateur can come along in a, in a while. Like, but I just oh, like when you do you have to do once a year? Or do you have to do before every fight? Once a year, and it'll I will let for the year. And then Andy Ryan is doing something very good as well. That you're not allowed to fight in the gym pro or amateur unless you have it done and give him the blood work and give the gym the blood work. I just, yeah. I just think that there's too many people that are jumping in now trying to change things and be seen as revolutionaries. Um, and then you have, fair enough, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but someone like Dino, who is a representative of the organisation that is going to shadow sanction UFC events and Bama, and we're so proud about that, then ripping in about Reebok on a solid two-paragraph, like, this is why the UFC is shit, Ben Henderson's going to go to Road FC. I'm like, someone in a position like that shouldn't have such an expressed opinion against the people that you're going to be working for or shadowing. Yeah. You know, that's just my, that's my complete take on it. Yeah, but you're right, yeah. Like, that's like, a little bit, that'd be like me working for, um, me working for MMA fighting and then on a separate post being like, Jesus, I can't believe Luke Thomas has a show. That guy is ridiculous. Or I can't believe Bloody Elbow posted that because they're under the same... Do you know, it's a, if you're yeah. going to be putting yourself forward to put yourself in a position of power and publicity, then keep all your opinions to yourself and just focus on doing your job. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, speaking of... Uh, anyway, sorry. <coughs> Irish MMA. Battle yeah. Zone. Joe McColgan. Oh, yeah. Pro right. debut. It happened uh, pretty much like I thought it would. Beautiful switch. B- beautiful finish. Um, underneath that, a couple of good, uh, good performances from people. Nathan Kelly beat Ian Cleary, and that I said it to him afterwards. Completely took me by surprise. Uh, fan of the podcast, Owen Drumgool, who's um, joined Team Rhino now, has left Johnny Jitsu and Malahide Martial Arts. Still may train there a bit, but he's he had Team Rhino in his corner. Snake, snake of the grass, that's all he is. Well, no, you see, apparently he has always been uh, up at Team Rhino for a lot of his fights, and to be honest. The performance that he put in at the weekend, knocking out a guy who's so much more experienced than him with a beautiful left hook, like really, really good, much more composed afterwards in the interview as well. Um, this is a guy who's gone in the space of six months from someone that I thought shouldn't have been in a four-man featherweight tournament to, I can't wait to see this guy fight again. His improvement has been phenomenal in such a short space of time. Um, Keenan Johnson from Full Power MMA also had a very good first-round performance, uh, finished his guy. He's gone 3-0 now. And if I can uh, give just one quick plug, Irish MMA related, Stephen Larry sent this through yesterday, you know, I said, look, what's the story here? We never get any breaking news for the podcast about Battlezone, blah, blah, blah. January 29th, Battlezone is back, the night of contenders. It's not breaking news. 
What is that been out? Has it? Yeah. Then why did he send it to me? Acting yeah. like it was. Larry, you're breaking my heart here. What do you make of it, Sean? Night of, con- Night of Contenders, main card of contender fights. All the winners will then challenge for the belt or fight another winner for the vacant belt at, in all of their amateur divisions in June. So June's battle zone will be just a Night of Champions sort of thing. January's event is going to be a Night of Challengers. So to determine who the number one contenders are. Sweet. Hmm. And I believe there's a, f- a four-man flyweight tournament as well the same yeah. night. So, so I've heard. So Even I've heard. We, we need to get uh, we need to get Dev Fogarty into that. I that's how I heard. <laughs> I believe he may have been asked if he wanted to do oh, it. Was he? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Come on, Dev. So, so what were you gonna say? Speaking of Irish MMA, Carl Pindred retired about five or six days ago. And now he's already on the television. Is he? What's he doing? Uh, he's doing the punditry stuff for Satanta. I saw oh yeah, he said that. Oh, yeah, he said that in the MMA hour. Yes, and he, right, yeah, yeah, and he was doing. Uh, what was he like in the MMA hour? I picked. He was uh, good. He was I, a bit. He was a bit. You know, he wasn't his usual bubbly self. And I was like, you can't play him. It's still, he's still only a couple of days into it. But yeah, he seemed like he seemed happy with his. De- I wouldn't say happy with his decision, but content with his decision, probably. Um, we were on obviously we were on on Matt Cooper the other day and we didn't get much time to talk about it so I suppose now's the opportunity but um, did he retire you, by this time last week? Did we no, talk about he it didn't. last week? No, no, we didn't. Oh, know. then we've a lot to talk yeah. about, John. What do you think his legacy will be as he retires? Unfortunately, I think it'll be negative due to the the atmosphere and comments that followed Cahill around in his last couple of fights. Like some of the stuff on YouTube, like or on articles about him retiring or on Reddit. Reddit was a wasteland of, of sympathy because they call him the GOAT over there. And it's like, you were the 20, you will always be the 29-28 split decision in my heart. And as I said the other day, I was like, I think fair play to him. If the passion for fighting wasn't there, such a dangerous sport as it is, why are you there? Do you know what I mean? He could have he fought out his contract. He could have collected checks. He could have won some, could have lost some. Could have made more money, but he's getting it now with a couple of bo- with a bonus, a couple of fights, a couple of win bonuses, good money collected from prior sponsorship, um, <clears throat> and on that, remind me to bring up sponsorship later on. George St Pierre said something brilliant on the MMA Hour about how the Reebok deal would prevent him from coming back, but it may not because he has a special contract. Oh yeah, um, Under Armour. Yeah, like like that'd be so funny that if the UFC yeah. actually legally had it in a contract that George would be allowed to wear Under Armour and not Reebok. <coughs> um, but did you see, um, like, Carl yesterday, uh, there was a, when this happened first, a lot of people were like, oh, he got cut and he's just, you know, he's he's just retiring because uh, he doesn't want to fight in the local scene. Ariel asked him that yesterday, obviously, because a lot of people, and it's only natural, I suppose. It happens with a lot of guys who retire. It's happened with Saw Pillaley as well and things. Um especially when you're coming off of a couple of losses, but he told Ariel that um, he didn't know, like he, he hadn't been caught at when he retired and that he didn't know if he was going to get another, going to be offered another fight or going to get caught. And like, he didn't mention it himself, but I think we said about in the podcast a couple of weeks ago, he got brought over to that, that um, he was at the fight, fight or something. Yeah. They're not going to like, I don't think they were going to cut him on two, four and two in the UFC. I, I don't think he was going to get caught to be honest. So I think I like he. I think he did. I can think you can take him at his word that he didn't genuinely took this decision yeah. by himself. But like, what do you I think, think of I, his legacy? Because I never I, mentioned. I'll go after you. 
I think it'll change with time. You know, when when people like when when Mike Tyson finished up boxing, and I'm I'm not comparing Kyle with Mike Tyson or anything, but when he finished up boxing, people are like, oh, he got beaten by Kevin McBride. He was this guy, you know that. It was really bad in his last few fights. He just stayed in there for the money, and like his legacy was ruined. But now you look at Mike Tyson, and you kind of see him as that guy. And looking at video clips from 1989, that 19-year-old absolute murderer that you know that that came in there and uh, people go back uh, to killed those everyone. Yes, yeah. people go back, and I think Carl's will will change. I think, I think in a, ten years' time, he'll be looked at as a, an absolute pioneer of MMA of Irish MMA. Um, someone that you know, we we mentioned a lot with Carl, but I think he was an overachiever in a lot of ways. He started MMA late and like to have a seventeen two and one record before his last two fights and the seventeen four and one. That's that's unbelievable for yeah a for guy a, with a no guy. martial arts experience. Exactly, that came into the sport. He was like twenty was yeah. it or something like that. That that's unbelievable. Like. People are going to look back on those cage warriors days as well, where he beat guys like Nico Musaki, David Bilkaiden, and I went on to win the belt uh, against Shea Mills. Yeah, Gail like, Grimaud. Well, he beat Grimaud for the belt. Yeah, but the, those days, like, do, do, he put in some great yeah. performances. And uh, I think what happened to Pinger was when he came into the UFC via tough. And he, they gave him this big hype build up. Do you remember he? They couldn't get someone to fight him to go into the house, and he had to be automatically put into the house. And people were talking about him like he was the first one after Conor McGregor. And there was this whole, oh, he's the next Conor McGregor, and, and he, you know, he's the next Irish guy who's going to come on next side ever. And Kyle Binder's not that guy. Like you, you, you like you, Ronaldo, and then you fucking Phil Jones coming behind him. Like you're Ronaldo you and Phil Jones and both Ronaldo. Side for United on the same day, Sean. Kyle Binder is a solid fighter. But he's not Conor McGregor. Like he's not exciting, and I think people thought people who didn't know him, like a lot of the Americans and a lot of maybe the Irish people who were just UFC fans and who hadn't seen him before that, thought he might be the next McGregor. But that's not what he is. Like he's not that type of fighter. He's a grinding fighter, and I, and kind uh, of put you up against Finn's taking him. And I think that hurt him with the fans, and that's why he has the reputation you talked about. No, not reputation, but like the. Yeah, you the, know, unfair, the, uh, the unfair, the yeah. unfair expectations and criticisms of, exactly, of his yeah. performances, and I think he kind of took that a little bit on himself as well because we we spoke about it over and over again how like he tried to show his stand up and he didn't really go to his wrestling and his grinding game as much as maybe he we wanted him to or like people thought he should have, and that had a lot to do with him wanting to improve as a fighter as well. And as he said, he he kind of lost that desire to improve uh, at the end, and that's why he uh, that's why he gave it up in the end. But I think, like looking back in his career in a few years, I think it'll be a career that he can be proud of, and that a lot of Irish people with all the, this new breed coming up now will say he's kind of the guy that paved the way for for those new guys to to come up, and also motivating for the guys that are like. I find it very hard to use the term protege now in martial arts. For a young guy, like say, James Gallagher has a lot of talent and a lot of potential, but he's been involved in martial arts for so long. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So if he gets to the UFC by 21 or 22 and people are like, whoa, this guy's so young, or Sage Northcutt, do you know what I mean? But they've been involved in this sort of sport, the mentality, the mindset, the competitive, like doesn't matter that it's UFC, they've been involved in other things for such a long time. 
And maybe you could say Cahill competed to rugby at a good level in Ireland and maybe that's why he has that sort of never give up the willingness to throw himself into things. But I think, like, and you said when people will look back at his career in a few years' times, I don't think people will look back like you think they will. I think MMA fans will. I don't think the people that are now giving him shit on Facebook or saying you retired before you cut are going to change their opinion, are going to become aficionados in four years' time and say, my goodness, that performance against David Balkhayden was a thing of beauty. I do yeah, think dickheads, that dickheads will always be dickheads. Dickheads going to dickhead. Yeah. But I do think that um, I do think that he will be remembered as as a very solid fighter. To be honest, I was. Um, I think you made a brilliant point there about him maybe trying to play up to the expectations that people had of him and wanting to improve his striking in the way that people would then gauge him as an exciting fighter. When. Yeah, fair enough, he's trying to break that mainstream or break the third wall and get a little bit more exposure. Did he do the right thing? It, would, would he have been better to try and fight those other the two fights that he lost or the fights that he got criticism in as the guy who just pushed you up against the cage and took you down and didn't throw like spinning stuff? I don't know. Who I knows? And to be honest, I think that Carl is happy with his decision. Well, whether he's happy or not, but Cottle has made his decision. He is now um, <clears throat> focusing in business. He's the type of guy that when he does something, he commits himself to it fully. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to be a success in business. I, If you want to look out for somebody, if you want to shed a tear for someone, it's Porig, his brother. Won't be getting any of those free trips to the UFC anymore. <laughs> That's what Pork Pork's in this for the UFC. You know, he's the he was the the head man. You know, he loved he loved the hanging around all them media days, going backstage. He's I'd say man. that'd be the coolest thing in the world. You know, if your brother f- fought in the UFC and you got to walk out in his corner with him or go out to his corner with him. Yeah. And speaking of which, uh, Sheik Khalid, the guy from KHK, is going to be in Frankie Edgar's corner at the UFC. Really? Yeah. Jeez, you can buy anything these days, aren't you? This weekend, like, or next week? Next weekend, yeah. Jesus, isn't that great? Your boy, Sheikh Khalid. <laughs> That's it. Is it going to be a Nuri there that, for James Gallagher <laughs> the weekend? Or no, whatever it is? Derry well, as well. Like, Derry is. Uh, he won't be there, unfortunately. Neither will John. John's out in LA as well with Connor. Um, so that's def- I think that's going to be a wee interesting angle to the James fight. Um, we'll talk about that more, I suppose, later on. Or not at all, since you hate Irish MMA. Yeah, no interest. But... I, I, <laughs> Did you just say yeah? I have no interest. Yeah. Or yeah, that's it. I thought uh, you said yeah. That's a bit interesting. Uh, I, I like Dylan, Dylan Took and Franz Malamba. They're my favorite. Dylan Took put I, up a thing on Facebook. Was it you put that in our group yesterday? It was kind of funny. What's that? It was a screenshot of his status, and it was like uh, someone sent it to me. It was Alan Philpot was announced to be fighting Nathaniel Wood. Did you not put that up? No, no, no. It wasn't me. And it was or, a, it was a screenshot of Dylan Took's Facebook page, and it said something yeah. like. Uh, Bama are giving title shots to pussies now or something like that I was like oh that is that is a fight that I'm interested in seeing down the line yeah. like, uh, the, that ba- I can't wait to see that Bama Lonsdale uh, British title defended that's that's the one we all want to see isn't the it the illustrious now look that Lonsdale let me, let me put it out there okay yeah. Bama did the right thing by announcing so many fights the UFC announced two fights this morning for London here's the question where will Rodney Moore be? Norman Park is fighting on the same day as quite a few of his guys in, in Ireland. Oh, yeah. Reese McKee, Mark Andrew, Alan Philpott, Connor Cook, potentially others, maybe others, I'm not too sure, they're off the top of my head, are all going to be fighting in London. What's going to happen? He surely got to the UFC. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. If he with Norman. I'm sure they have someone else there that can... Oh yeah, no, there's enough people around there like that to be able to do it. Um... 
but we'll see that's the one thing that I'm taking from this what is going to happen yeah uh, back to the schedule Sean What's any next? last words any last closing words on Calpinger before we move on to the last weekend's card great man yeah how about yeah. that because like, I have not much to say about last weekend's card <laughs> I think Calpinger like he's one of the nicest guys in Irish MMA definitely and like I think he was a breath of fresh air with kind of the whirlwind that is Conor McGregor he was kind of you know he, he was always he was always nice to me like I wrote I remember I wrote an article about him before his uh, his fight in Boston uh, like about kind of uh, him being brought up in Boston and then coming back you know and uh, like I, I put it uh, like I sent it to Graham and Graham actually sent it to him before we posted it um, and like he read it and stuff but like he he messaged me after that and like thanked me for writing it and said that his family enjoyed it and everything and like that meant an awful lot and I'm sure he did that to other people and like I think that's the that's the mark of the man really that he was and he's listened to the podcast and he's yeah, always definitely. been very good with time for us always yeah. done a lot I can remember one time I had to do three interviews with him one day because of my own fuck ups and he had absolutely no issue with it and I always enjoyed working with Kahu. I didn't enjoy working with him fight week because when he was cutting the when he had a hard weight cut you could really feel it in his breath I wanted to give him a tic tac a couple of those times but any other time apart from that Cahill was saying that was my that's my only bad thing about Cahill Vendred <laughs> he's bred alright uh, best look to and him it obviously, it obviously wasn't his fault it was because he was he, making yeah. weight for a fight best look to him with his new venture and chopped and stuff and I'm, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll partake in that of, uh, of an evening above in Dublin I hate healthy food but I will yeah okay last weekend's card you probably didn't watch it so well, I'm not even going to ask you actually I was at the Jiu Jitsu tournament when it was on uh, and one of the lads back, streamed one of the lads streamed Ben Henderson and Jorge Masvidal and in between playing the piano which I'm sure you saw on Facebook it went pretty viral at this stage no I didn't it got like oh I did actually yeah, I think dabbling I da- tinkling though. the ivories oh, yeah. um, and the lads behind me in the video were actually watching it watched like a couple of the rounds when I was coming in and out because I was warming up at the time as well um, from what I heard, Jorge Masvidal has a reason to be pretty annoyed. Another close decision. No, 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 yeah, no, no, not it's at all. Some, no, so Ben Henderson, slightly. Wait, no, sorry, 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 sorry. I got that what? completely wrong. For once, Ben Henderson won a decision that he actually won the fight, as opposed to winning a decision where he lost the fight. So you just totally changed around what you were saying. No, there, no, I got I, it mixed up because I saw a load of people bitching about it on Twitter. That's okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think Benson Henderson won pretty easily. It was a good fight, but it wasn't the greatest fight in the world. Benson Henderson looked looked good. He looked more polished with his striking than he's ever done before. A lot of people were kind of going on about how good a fight it was, but it was all right. It was, you know, it didn't set the world away. It's not one you're going to go back and watch again. But the big question coming out of it afterwards is: Did you see the clip of him like laying his gloves on the on the canvas floor it's and then last, picking them back up? <laughs> yeah, it's his last contracted fight in the UFC. Where do you think he's going to be next? Do you think he'll be in the UFC, Bellator, 1FC? Well, maybe none of the above because he's already been offered a $200,000 contract, allegedly, from Road FC, an Asian promotion. Yeah, I saw that online this morning. So, I don't know. Are the UFC going to pay Ben Henderson that much money over a couple of fight contract? Mm, maybe. Ben Henderson is, like, this is part, like, he is... The way we talk about Kyle Pendred as the pioneer, when people look back, people are going to look back at Ben Henderson for this. He's the first guy who's now tested the UFC, has te- will test free agency. Well, Gilbert Melendez did it. 
Right. Piss all over my Sec- point. Second guy. He's a second Piss guy. all over my point. Go on. He's Who remembers though. the second fucking man on the moon, Sean? Me. Who was it then? It was um who's the first man on the moon? Neil Armstrong. Buzz Aldrin was the second Oh man. well then, yeah, well that look <laughs> that doesn't count. Because, like, they were both there. Like, I uh, wonder, did yeah. they fight over who'd get to go out first? Uh, I think there was... A coin toss. You no, can't I toss coins one, in space, one, one was, like, a camera operative or something. Do you know there was one guy, I think it was Jerry Collins was his name, went to the moon and didn't actually stand in it. Had to stay in there because someone had to stay in the ship at all times. And, like, that was his job. And so he went to the moon but didn't stand in it. Came straight back. Ah. That amazing. But Vincent Inders, anyway, for me, I think... Oh well, if I'm going to say it, yeah, I think he will leave the UFC. And yeah, I think some people are speculating. Didn't he say something in his post-fight interview? Was that impressive enough for you? Yeah. Is he looking for a George St. Pierre super fight at 170? Uh, I don't I don't think so. I think it would have made it more clear than that. I think that was, you know. Yeah, I, he probably <laughs> would have put on an excellent French accent. Yeah, I think he would have made it more clear than that. I'm not impressed um, by your performance. I remember Botter saying there a long time ago that like he's... So it's a load of shite. Probably yeah, that he's going to be in Bellator. Um, I think I think he'll end up in Bellator because I think the UFC, um, I think the UFC want him, but they don't want him that much. Like he, I know he's won a couple of fights in a row, but he's not the most exciting fighter in the world. He will take fights in short notice, and he kind of turned there a bit when that Brandon Hatch fight and stuff. And people liked him, but I think he's kind of one of those guys that doesn't have really a big following of hardcore fans like he he's not a Gilbert Menendez he's not a Nate Diaz you know he's not a guy you'll break the bank for um so I, I don't think I think and I think Bellator will because they need someone to fight Will Brooks because you know he, he's run out of him quickly and there's I looked up their welterweight champion because I was going to make a smart tweet and I have no idea Koroshev or something I I don't even know like any of their welterweights so uh, I think he'll go there to Bellator and and end up fighting in the um, in the lightweight division. But you never know. You don't know what's going to happen. Either way, this is as you said, this is a good thing for um, for MMA and for the fighters themselves because if he can manage to wrangle himself a good contract out of the UFC or out of Bellator, that leaves it open for for people in the future to the, do the exact same thing. Right. Um, next. Do you want to? We were going to talk about the um, the cards before um, the the Mendez and Page card, but we'll, do you want to do that next week? Are you in a bit of a rush? Uh, yeah. Well, you see, it is five past four. I'm thinking that we're going to do a big sort of preview next week live from okay. Vegas, um, <clears throat> where we maybe even do. What would you think about doing one every day, the day of the fight or the day before the fight? Ah, uh, we'll see. We we will see. We'll come back. To that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's file that under no. I have, a lo- I have lots of things to do. I have uh, 10 articles in the works. As if but, I uh, won't have stuff to do next week. You, you have to do. You're fucking going around chatting Swan, shit around. Swanning things. about the place. Chat not editing videos banged. when I'm supposed to be. Chat shit, get banged. Uh, did, you hear right. the, did you hear the chant? Uh, no, go on. Jamie Vardy's having a party. <laughs> I like it. And then it's <laughs> a bit wrong. Jamie Vardy's having a party. Lyrics. Okay, we're wasting, we're wasting time. Right, well, you, you talk. Time. Wait, here right. it is. I'm, I'm turning it on. It's like something, something and a bag of Charlie. Oh, yeah. What? Making fun of United? Yeah, he scored against Man United last week. There you go. Um, go uh, on ahead. Right. We here it is. Song. Jamie Vardy's having a party. Bring your vodka and a bag of Charlie. 
<laughs> what a man. What a cunt. No, uh, he's a legend. What about, the, what about the talk of them making a film about what? him? Really? Yeah, that'd be good though, in fairness. No, it wouldn't. It's already happened. It was called Goal. Oh, yeah. Goal 1, 2, and he 3. Was, he was Spanish, though, wasn't he? Or Mexican, was it? Oh, no, that was like the third one where he was a Mexican. It was a different character in the third one, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know if it was it. It was Santiago anyway for Newcastle yeah. in the first one. It was the shittest oh, yeah, film was, in yeah. the world. Like it was brilliant. Reebok film, UFC Jordy fan Anderson Silva T. Yeah, I saw we, that. We I just got sent. I don't it. care. I don't care about Reebok anymore. No, but is there something about that? Yeah, oh, there's like an Anderson Aldo or something. I was just kind of half looking at it there. So it says Anderson Silva nickname T. But I do have something about um, since we last spoke. Did you see the thing that? The Conor McGregor jacket. Did we talk about that last week? Yeah, yeah, we talked about that. Last that week. guy, like, if he listens to the podcast, he has tried to ring me like fifteen times on Facebook yeah. since then to talk about it. And someone said to me, "How do you know this guy isn't didn't buy it off someone dodgy?" And that's why Reebok are getting onto him. Like that seems to be. It was he the, posted a picture of like with the Reeboks with the tags on it. Yeah, but the UFC store are the ones that are dealing with them, not Reebok. So it's making me think that it was a genuine error and it's not a Reebok malfunction. Because surely more of these would have popped up if it wasn't there, uh, if it's been yeah. such an issue. Like, so yeah. I don't know. I was uh, <clears throat> it give me a lesson. I learned a lesson. Maybe don't instantly share something that you get without thinking that it could be someone trying to just pull a bad PR stunt yeah, on uh, on the UFC. So. Right, Sorry, so question for you. Who's the top three pound for pound women in the world? Come on. Serena Williams. No, come on, come on, come on. Seriously, do you mean fighters? Much time. Yeah, obviously. Well, we do. Have, we have about 10 or 15. We've got 15 to 20 minutes. Like, I can, right. I can do that. Like, um, I have no idea, Sean. Like, really? Do you th- still class Ronda as one of the most mm. dominant in the world? I think... You can't really say, like, Cyborg would beat her because we saw what home did to her on one night. Do you yeah, know what I mean? You have to look uh, consistently throughout. Ronda that's is not got to do with rankings, though. Rankings are, like, based on what you've done. Who do you pick? I put Ian Jacek at number one. I put Cyborg number two, and I put home number three, Rousey number four. What about, uh, what's your woman, M- uh, Megami Fuji? Is that it? Am I saying that right? Uh, she's lost a couple, isn't she? She isn't what she used to be. Rosie Sexton Retired Ah that was a joke as well I know Okay uh, Brian Dolan Friend of the podcast Who asked to be Called a friend yeah, of the no, podcast Yeah no he's going to lose His shit that you just Called him that Yeah Using, using your famous Matchmaking abilities Match your best Two Fighters From any ways Who aren't in the top five so like, are fight. people just asking questions now that they know I won't be able to answer? Go on, why can't you answer it? You're fucking, you're supposed to be an MMA journalist. What the fuck Key word there, supposed to be. <laughs> Go I'm not, I ask Go people fight. questions. Here's mine, do you want to know mine? I, no, I'll take a go at this. Every division, what? or can we just do male divisions? Just, just, no, just one fight. One fight that I really yeah. want to see with guys outside of the top five. Yeah. Jorge Masvidal versus Nick D- Nate Diaz. I'm gonna go with, and this this is not on now because they're in different uh, fucking promotions. Promotions, but Wonderboy against Michael Venom Page. That's what I want to see. Acceptable. That's what I want to see. CM Punk um, versus the Power Ranger. Yeah. Or, or not. 
Daniel Bradley asks about um, Tyson Fury fight. Did you see it? And what do you think? I didn't. I think he's a nutcase. I think yeah. he's an absolute nutcase, and that there's probably something wrong with him. However, the fact that he actually backed up all of his shit talk is very, very impressive. The fact that he got people caring about heavyweight boxing again, or at least interested in that fight, uh, you know that the next fight is going to be pretty much um, a much-watch sort of thing. And he's probably opened the door for someone like, is everyone saying like Anthony Joshua needs to fight him next? Yeah. That that will actually be a good fight as opposed to the Klitschko Fury fight? Did you watch it? Were you as appalled at boxing as you usually are after watching 12 Me? rounds of it? I'm never appalled at boxing, to be honest. I love I love a bit of boxing. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a brilliant game plan. Like, I'm a very big fan of anyone who reads my articles. Of, I'm a big fan of range and using your range well to win a fight. And that's exactly what Tyson Fury did. I thought, I thought it was brilliant. Like, he's obviously like a shitty person for his views and stuff. But look, he's an Irish traveler who's really, really um, um, fucking... What's what's the word I'm looking for? He loves religion and stuff. Anyway, whatever. Like, okay, <laughs> if you'd expect anyone in the world to have them views, it's probably him. So look, who Tyson Fury? <laughs> Tyson Fury. What yeah. about Klitschko's entrance? Phenomenal. It was. It always is. Yeah, it's very good. But I thought Fury had an absolutely brilliant game plan and worked well. I didn't think he he was that good to be honest. I thought he tried to do that, but I didn't think he'd be able to do it because I didn't think he was athletic. Enough. I didn't think he was quick enough, and I didn't think he, like he was technically good enough. But he proved me totally wrong. I was I was totally wrong, and he fair play to him. Balloon I think punching is it? Balloon fighting. Yeah, I, I I think it's good for the heavyweight division because, as you said, the Anthony. I think Anthony Joshua is going to beat him uh, if he fights him. But I don't know that fight probably won't happen for a while. Um, but it's good for the heavyweight division to have to have someone that maybe can go over to America and fight. That can fight big fights in England and stuff and. Klitschko, they're about the Klitschko rematch. I think he'd be Klitschko again in a rematch. Is there another Klitschko? Is he retired? Uh, yeah, he's he's like semi-retired, like probably Would about he three beat quarters Fury? retired. No, he wouldn't be. He's worse than Vladimir. He definitely wouldn't be Fury. But um, I think Fury's funny and stuff. We, we know, like, we know about all these shitty what stuff. What was he doing? Things. Singing afterwards? It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Like how? Like I, the funniest part of that wasn't his singing ability, wasn't anything that. It was that Klitschko had to stay in the ring while he was doing it. He must uh, have felt like the most, uh, the stupidest part. He's probably like, how did I just eyes. lose my belt to this man? Don't like, wanna fall asleep because I, I miss you, you babe. And, and I, I don't, don't want to miss a thing. Even if I dream of you, the sweetest dream would never do. I still miss you, babe. I love you, my wife. I love you, my wife. Oh, it was the best thing ever. Okay, next question. That was a Daniel Bra- solid minute of singing, I think, there, Sean. Daniel Bradley, Daniel Bradley again. This is a brilliant question, though. Zombie apocalypse. Wait a minute. Daniel Bradley asks good questions, but I think yeah. he's looking for my job. He disagrees with everything we say on yeah, the podcast. He, disagree. <laughs> he disagrees with everything, yeah, but I like that as well. He listens he to critique. I, and, I yeah. appreciate it. I appreciate it as well. Yeah, Come keep doing me. it, Daniel. Come, keep doing it. Come at me, bro. <laughs> Zombie apocalypse. Your crew can consist of one female fighter, one male fighter, one singer, and a fictional badass. Who are you picking? One, okay, Ben Rothwell, right? That's right. my male fighter. Yeah. For no real reason otherwise, other than the fact that I could probably outrun him, right? So you need to have someone who will be the first to get caught. Yeah. Obviously, that's essential in a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Um, 
and also they'd probably be fascinated by his fucking l- lunacy. Um, a female, someone who could distract them with their looks. So the best Paige, looking Paige Van Zandt. Paige Van Zandt. Yeah, you'd need Paige. Um, a singer. singer. I would do the world a favor and get someone like Soldier Boy. So he would be the oh, next to perish. Oh, yeah. uh, or Chris Martin, maybe from Coldplay. And yeah. a famous... Oh. A Neil fi- Siri won't be happy. Go on. Fictional badass. Can I just talk about how much of a dickhead Neil Siri is actually, by the way? Yeah, He sure. spent the entire night at Battlezone trying to grab my finger that was taped because I told him it was <laughs> fucked. Like, was literally yeah. walking up behind me and grabbing my hand. <laughs> I love Neil Siri. Okay, okay, who's your fictional badass? Uh... Did you ever read the Darren Shan books? No. When you were younger? No. He, I heard of him. Dar- I actually met he, that he, guy. Yeah, he's from Limerick. Yeah, I met him. So yeah. he had a, a book, a series about a guy who became a vampire. And the vampire was a guy called Larton Creep Krepsley, Mr. Krepsley. And he, se- like, he seems to someone, he always protected Darren when Darren was just becoming a vampire. So I do think he would uh, hold his own against zombies particularly well. If anyone, like Irish people my age that listen to this podcast are probably going to be like, fuck, I haven't, haven't heard of Darren Shan in years. I think we're going to get a few tweets about that this week. I read yeah, every single book school. cover to cover. And then I started reading his demon books as well. Uh, they weren't as great. And I kind of got too old by the time I was waiting for each book to be released. Yeah. I was like, I want to start looking at girls and masturbating as opposed to reading books about demons. Okay, here's mine. I'd have Cyborg, obviously, as my female fighter. As my male fighter, I'd have the Korean zombie. Zombie, like just for you know. intercultural relations, like zombie relations. <laughs> zombie relations, exactly. I, as my singer, I'd have Kim Kardashian counts as a singer, didn't she? She brought out a song there once, said just so like she could die, and so the world would never have to hear from her again. Similar to what I was doing at Soldier Boy. I like yeah, it. Yeah, and and I'd have uh, the Hulk as my fictional badass because he'd beat the shit out of everyone. Well, seems like you've thought. I may have to start looking at these questions so I can get good answers like that as well. In the, yeah. In the in the in the future. Yeah. Uh, okay. Last question. Or maybe uh, yeah. We'll fit more. two or three if you can. Um, Patrick asks about John Jones. How do you think that his weight gain will affect him when he comes back? I think it's all ca- calculated perfectly that it's going to actually benefit him in the strongest way possible. I don't think it's going to affect him in the slightest. Yeah. Um, if anything, it'll make him cuter and more of a hunk. <laughs> you love calling people cute, don't you? It's, awful it's no, it's a great word. To be fair, it is. It is in fairness. Um, uh, uh, people are saying he still only weighs two hundred twenty-five pounds. Which, he was saying, yeah. If that's true, he's gonna fucking murder <laughs> <He's> gonna <laughs> everybody. Murder everyone, like more than he already did before. Like this is just gonna be. This is going to be fucking insane. Okay, um, JJ Mills, friend of the podcast as well, I've asked about, we're going to talk about it more next week, but Paige against, um, Paige against Rose. If Rose wins, what do you think will be next for her? I don't want it, no. Yeah, I don't know if it's, maybe, is Claudia matched with anyone? No, but she'll probably be next, next in, in line, line for, for the JJ. title. Yeah. Who knows, maybe the loser of the title fight. Yeah, maybe. Although if time they want be to, because like, Joanna's injured, so maybe she'll be kept out for long enough. Like, I genuinely do believe Rose is going to win. That's I think Me that's yeah. kind of set out there already. I do think that it's probably the worst matchup for Paige. And uh, maybe the loser goes against Ashing Daly in London. 
Yeah, maybe a bit too well much. Yeah. Or Valerie, it, it's a bit of a uh, short turnaround. Like the London card, the first three fights were announced today, and like yeah, that's what I was going to bring up next. Loads of people have asked about that. Thanks for all the questions. So, what, what do you think about that London card? The tickets went on sale before any of the fights were announced. Or I don't and, think. I think today. people were. I think people were just worried that the tickets, no fights had been announced. As far as I know, the ticket presale isn't until Friday, the fourth of December. Maybe is it? That's what no, I. I'm that's sure, the, yeah. that was the stuff in all the old emails. Unless there's some sort of presale that have gone on sale for Fight Club members this week that I'm not sure about, and that's why the UFC were just waiting before they announced it. I don't think there was anything up with it. I just think that maybe all of the hype, maybe they're worried that announcing them so close to the McGregor fight is going to affect it in some way, or like all eyes need to be on 194 for next week. In terms of the main event, a winnable fight, I think, for Michael Bisbing. Yeah, I, I, I don't like that A fight, winnable fight for Wilkinson. Who's, who's Wilkins is fighting uh, Backstrom. SPG is Americani. He's fighting. No, he's no, not he's fighting, fighting Backstrom. Backstrom. He no, is. he's fighting Americani. Oh, Americani. Backstrom doesn't fight in the UFC anymore. Wilkinson beat Backstrom in his last fight. Yeah, it? that's it. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, did you see Americani's on about coming? He's to left, the and did you see his reason for leaving All Stars? He no. said somebody betrayed his trust or somebody fucked him over. He said oh. 99% of the gym are still sound, but he doesn't want to stay in a place that has that he has uh, bad feelings towards at least one person there. Um, said he's still going to have his coach Alan uh, Finfu who's uh, like a ridiculously good black belt um, at jiu-jitsu been competing for a long long time um, Amir Khani at SBG that would be something else yeah cool, all right. um, we'll finish that <coughs> on this Norman Park against Norman Park against Hussam Habilov again a winnable a fight five. for Norman yeah. after watching his last performance in dealing with a wrestler I'm much or someone with good wrestling I'm much more confident from going into this fight than I would have been if you had told me it was booked six or seven months ago yeah I think Norman is very good at, he's very good takedown defense he's very good against defense and in clinches and stuff like that he's very hard to take down as you're, you're always talking about you love his judo hips um, I think shut up that might be a good fight for him it might be a good matchup for him even though I think Habilov is very good um, Norman's hands had improved in his last fight against um What's his name? The handbag thief, whose name I can't remember. Handbag thief. What's his name? Reza. Reza Madadi, yeah. So I think that I think that's a good fight. Um, I'll have to watch a little more, a bit more tape him for I, I I'll pick who I think is going to win. But yeah, it should be it should be a good fight for him, and uh, it's reason now for a lot of people to travel over to London and have an old have an old look. Have a gawk. Have a gawk, indeed. Um, a lot of people are asking us about that Anderson Aldo T-shirt. I just don't care anymore. I don't like, get it. I'm after clicking on it, and there's no mention of Aldo on it. There is, see the t-shirt? It says Anderson Aldo, the spider middleweight. Anderson Aldo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just Why is his weight division on it? He's fought a 205. Should say mm-hmm. middleweight and light heavyweight. Slash light heavyweight. Yeah. Yeah. Why I not? just don't, Anderson I don't care Aldo. anymore. It's a... Oh, my God. Who, who cares? I just Fair don't play care. Fair play to Reebok, like. Screw him. Right, let's get out of here. Can we not talk about Reebok some more and how bad they are, Sean? I don't care about Reebok anymore. I don't Just care about Reebok, Sean. Shut up, Reebok. Sorry. Reebok are terrible. It's like, I'm telling you now, it's elaborate marketing. That's what it is. So. They're making all of these mistakes on purpose so people will talk about them. Or but then nobody will buy them. True. I have to say, one champion, one person in the UFC who I genuinely believed is thrilled with this deal. Yeah. Joanna. 
Yeah, well, yeah, she just loves the. Do you know stuff. why? Because Polish people love Reebok. They do, yeah. Oh fuck it, and uh, like, and she and is delighted. Asics. And, and Asics. Asics, yeah, and Jetta or uh, oh, called, Lotto. Um, oh, yeah, uh, Lotto, Kappa. Lotto. Oh, what are the ones I'm trying to think of? Blood Stallions. I was wearing them. Elise. Remember them? Oh my god. Elise. Elise has been taken over now, would you believe? Has it? Yeah, In well, Ireland by bu- by buzzers. By people that take pills and think that they're oh, really yeah, rave yeah. heads like and they all wear Elise to- like scum of the earth, like genuine yeah. like They kind of always are though, a bit. Uh, no, it's kind of like well, now maybe, trendy yeah. so it's like people it's the it's type of people that I'm talking about are the type of people that if their parents found out they took pills would be battered within an inch of their life and would never be allowed would never take another one again do you know it's kind of like rebelling sort of teenage angsty sort of like I'm 19 I can be a seshmat if I want um, seshmat there you go I was, watching, I, was for Hardy Box. I was watching Hardy Box again last night Fucking, what, a, what a great show I haven't seen anything since the second episode the, uh, it, no, I saw your one who was mad for sex yeah she's, she's hilarious she's one of fair city yeah. is she in fair city she's in fair city i think she is yeah fairly shitty says you huh there you go oh as a fact anyway this day next week vegas has been hit oh yeah when are you going this day next week tuesday <laughs> we'd have to do we might do the podcast on monday on monday or maybe we might we might uh we might wrangling pizza and batter to do another uh video as well yeah yeah and do you know what we could do instead all three of us could be in the one room in Vegas and just move whenever you want to ask us a different question. Jeez, ah, that'll be fun for me sitting here in the pissing rain, looking wind blowing outside, freezing. Sean, like I know you don't believe me. If it's yeah. any consolation, and even if it's only the minorest of consolations, I am hoping it is pissing rain in Vegas next week as well. Because the heat is too much. It better not still be hot in fucking Las Vegas in December. It probably will be. It's the desert, like. Did it not snow in Vegas last summer? Really? Jesus. Or last winter? How could it snow in the desert? Somebody told me it did. I don't understand deserts. Maybe. Global warmings, Sean. Global cooling. Ah. It's there global you go. warming. Do- global warming doesn't exist. It's global cooling. <laughs> it does. Please don't don't quote me on that. I'm just being a prick. Okay. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, if you want to tell Sean how much of a prick he is over the next week about how global warming is a uh, real thing. Because uh, I did see some people arguing on Twitter last night that it isn't real. Oh, people are always arguing. It's like 9-11 conspiracies and shit. Oh, but by the way. Jet fuel can't melt steel beams, Sean. There you go. My big breakdown is coming out in the next couple of days. Please so release it on Friday. Next Friday. It's we already don't want, written. So we, that's, well, that's tough lovely. shit. We don't want the fight to be called off with injury. We it's only have one. 11 more sleeps until Conor McGregor attempts to unify the one forty-five pound belts against Jose Aldo. If you want to get in touch, oh, Guan, you were going to say something. I hear, I hear. If you retweet it, it takes away the chance for him to get injured. That's what, what I hear. Your article, yeah. I heard that too. One retweet yeah. equals one health booster. Exactly. You know, like if you got a power up in a game. Yeah. That would. That's pretty much what happens. So if you want to help Sean, if you want to help Connor, if you want to help Aldo, please go over at Sean Sheehan BA and retweet everything, just everything, whether it's the just article or not. Everything. Follow him. Do all of that stuff. When you get bored of that. At Pete C. Carroll, at Severe MMA, at Severe MMA Pod, and at Andrew McGatton underscore. Show us the love before Vegas. There's going to be a lot of content coming out on the website over the next two weeks. Mostly from Sean and Pete <laughs> I will show my face here and there for the odd interview in my new tins of fruit. Uh, that's a suit, Sean, by the way. Oh, I like it. 
Uh, and as always, subscribe to us, any platform, SoundCloud, Stitcher, all the podcast platforms we're pretty much on, iTunes especially, share the love and tell a friend to listen to it. If you do one thing this week, tell someone to listen to the Severe May podcast. Uh, obligatory shout out as always, Dave Fogarty, there you go, you're happy. Uh, anything else, Sean? Have you got a motivational quote to see I us have. off? I have. Is it in, could it be linked in any way, shape or form to Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo? Yes, it could be. Uh, well, any inspirational quote could right. be linked to anything you want. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So Don't hit us, yeah, hit us. Because don't let the people telling you it can't be done interrupt you from doing it. See you next week. <laughs>